0: got to start high touch you know meet lots of homes lots of coffees lots of you know getting to know people because if people have lots of opportunities today to be a part of mega churches if you're going to start a church you're not going to outpower a mega church you're not going to out dazzle other options for people who want a church and for people who don't care about church they The trust level is so low, it's got to be high touch.
1: From the pages of Church Growth Magazine, helping church leaders implement their vision, this is the Church Growth Magazine podcast with your host,
0: Brian Boyd.
1: This is the Church Growth Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Brian Boyd, and today I'm sitting with a good friend, uh, going back, gosh, thirty-five years, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah, about right, man.
1: Oh my gosh, Dean, Pastor Dean Curry from Tacoma, Washington. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Dean. How are you?
0: Well, hello to you, Brian. Thank you for having me on, and thanks for all you're doing for Jesus and getting great ideas out there.
1: It's really a lot of fun. I was, uh, as you know, I was born and with a strong faith background and. Parents and grandparents in the ministry, and and this magazine is just really taken off with with uh, church leaders around the United States and around the world. And um, you know, I thought it'd be fun to talk to you, Dean, today about about church planning and new churches. Yeah. So, so for our listeners, uh, Dean uh, uh, has a, uh, a church in Tacoma, Washington, and and you've been in the Northwest your entire life, right,
0: Dean? Yeah, born and raised there, and. And my whole ministry, which is oh, I guess uh, thirty years now, uh, has wow. been right here in the Pacific Northwest, which I think people, many people, know is one of the most unchurched, dechurched, secular areas in in America,
1: and the most the rainiest area in America.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's why if anybody has a conference, I'll come to it. You know, just (laughs) anybody just call me. You can be on any topic, but it's nice to get away from the rain. Sometimes
1: it is. It is a beautiful part of the country and, um, uh, mountains, water islands. You've got all of the different ecosystems in the Northwest and it, right. and, and,
0: and, and it is gorgeous. Uh, and it in, is, in all seriousness, a very spiritually barren place in sharp contrast to the physical surroundings. So in a way, hmm. Brian, um, everybody who's leading churches in this vicinity has to have a, a starter's mentality.
1: What's and, that mean, a starter's mentality?
0: Well, uh, you know, to have beginner, I think in, in a lot of corporate settings, they talk about having beginner's eyes, where you try to walk into your business and see it the way uh, a new customer would see it. Right. I think uh, in the Pacific Northwest, every church that's thriving, even if they've been around for 40 years, is thinking like a beginner, is thinking like a startup. So I just started this new endeavor a year ago. I had been at another church for 29 years, I guess it was, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and the, the thinking, um, one was quite large. This is quite small. But the thinking is the same, Brian, because in order to make a real impact, you have to be talking to people that don't want your product, that don't want hmm. what you're offering. Mm-hmm. And churches really are one of the only organizations that, that exist for for the people that don't want them. <laughs> hmm.
1: So a year ago, there is no our church. The right. the name of the church in Tacoma is our church. Right. A year ago, in a couple months, whatever it is, there is there is doesn't exist. Um, you, you, you plant the church and, and, and you're, you're attendee number one. <laughs> and I suppose your wife is attendee number two. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And now today we zoom ahead to, to uh, uh, March of, of, of 2020 and you're at nearly 600 and growing. Let's talk about that journey and, and what happens. Because in our listening audience, we've got churches of all sizes. And uh, I think it'd be interesting to hear just from a tactical point of view what that's like. So going back to a year and change ago, you 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 recognize that there's the the unchurched community in the northwest needs a presence, needs a church. And you come up with this name Our Church. Tell me the history, what, why what a unique name, why Our Church?
0: I had a handful of young leaders uh, who were with me, two or three that wanted to be a part of this at, at the launch and uh i said to them uh, i'm not going to be doing this forever you're going to be here longer than i am so why don't you come up with a name that is completely obvious instead of the apostolic you know a, you know latter rain tabernacle yeah. of god right you know? right He's, right <laughs> and uh
1: with a spinning globe and a dove right. coming out of
0: it, yeah, we need that. So, so the, really, uh, the young man who is uh, leading this with me is—he's the one that came up with that name, and I liked it because we really want people to feel like it's the ownership issue for churches is always difficult. It belongs to a denomination, it belongs to the founding family, but uh, in this. We, we we loved the story, the narrative we could tell around it, which was, if you're here, it's ours. We're in it together.
1: Mm. So you you come up with the name. You need a location. What's the process of like? Okay, now we need a place to meet. What's that like?
0: Um, well, I guess it's different for everybody. You know, we we wanted to be in the two five three area code we we talk about territory i think territory is super important and and there's about 1.3 million people that have a 253 area code that's what where we wanted to be based so we just needed something we didn't want something too big or too expensive because we didn't have any money so we found an old um methodist church Hmm. and it had been purchased by a developer who happened to be a friend. And he called me and said, Hey, uh, I've got this church. I'm going to tear it down in a year uh, and and put up some condos, but you can use it. And he he quoted me a price. and, And I said, yeah, that's about right. Maybe a year. And so we used it for a year and he's about ready to put up some duplexes on it. But it huh. was enough time. I do think that people have to be prudent. You know, there's a we get this dream in our heart of what a church is going to be yes. when it's uh, full grown, but it takes a minute for stuff to get there. So you have to uh, you have to right size your property. No doubt about. There you it.
1: go. Yeah, we a few weeks ago we talked with Pastor Yuri Creel, who's a pastor in Austin, Texas, and is right down in. Downtown, urban central there, and that part of Austin is an unchurched part of Austin. So you've got a similar road. You guys should meet actually. Um, oh, and uh, and he he said on the podcast, he said, yeah, the I, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, the first mistake they probably made is they got too big of a space at the beginning.
0: You know, I think a death. lot of people, um, not not just in space, but I think it's easy to um overpower people with the either the surroundings or the all of these extras mm. really when churches start it has to be high touch, not high tech mm. over the course of my time at this other mega church that I worked at, you know we helped launch several, new churches so to mm-hmm. be a part of it isn't exactly an experience i'm just learning in the last yeah. year and what i've noticed over the last 30 years is you know the the tendency to let's buy 300 grand in sound equipment you know <laughs> let's right let's, let's be on tv right away you know all this let's let's start podcasting like Stephen furtick uh, that yeah. temptation can be overwhelming Everybody had to grow into those shoes. Right. So just for, I would tell a lot of people, particularly if you live in a secular area like we do, you got to start high touch, you know, meet lots of homes, lots of coffees, lots of, Mm -hmm. you know, getting to know people. Cause if people have lots of opportunities today to be a part of mega churches, if you're going to start a church, you're not going to outpower a mega church. You're not going to out dazzle other options for people who want a church and for people who don't care about church, the, the trust level is so low, it's got to be high touch. So,
1: so let's talk about that high touch part. Let's talk about the marketing. So you have your, your name, you've got your core group of, of initial, um, you know, team leaders. uh Um, how do you get the word out? Uh, how, how do you start that? I think I recall you doing some, uh, I think Facebook lives and, and you'd say, Hey, I'm going to be at this coffee shop. Let's meet up and, and so forth. But I'm sure that's just a piece of it. Tell me a little bit about the marketing of how you got the word out.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I did some of that. I've done that over the years, done various coffees, just relational things. Not really so much for church growth, just to be friendly. I'm a, I'm a people person.
1: Huh? how about that
0: so um (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome by the way i I
1: think i've seen you say hey i'm gonna be at so-and-so having coffee come meet me and that's really a great idea i love it it's not
0: it's not as strategic as it looks i guess is what i'm saying but you always start with a handful of people that love you and um so it's really about saying to those people who do you know that doesn't attend church and might be interested and uh, and then being willing to have coffee with people i i've drink had so many lattes brian i can't even count you know <laughs> but thank yeah. i like them but They're you know good for you. you can't force things to grow I, yeah. I i know that sounds um counterintuitive but I kind of get up in the morning and and talk to people and then I go to bed and do it again the next day. I have no expectation about numbers or, uh, you know, you, if I plant a daffodil, I know that at a certain time it's going to flower and there's no amount of rushing it. You just gotta do what people do. And that's one thing I would say is that, you know, for a lot of church planters, they put the pressure on this church to pay them right away. Hmm. And I, I, in hindsight, I would, uh, fortunately I have some outside sources of income, so it didn't need to pay me. So I didn't have to rush it. I don't, it didn't have to be a success over overnight success. In fact, a year into it, I, I can't say that I, I, I consider it an overnight success. It's still very, uh, you know, fragile, I guess is the word. But, you know, you just get up in the morning and, and, and be, try to feel like Jesus to the people around you.
1: So so you had your core group, you asked them to go reach out to people that they, they know who don't attend church. And is, so it's very grassroots, it sounds like.
0: It, yeah, I think so because it's got to be in such a secular area and I, I hate to, I don't want to overstate it, but people have, they've seen stuff. They, everybody who has Instagram has seen churches promoting. So what, what's going to make your story compelling, Right. especially for someone like me who I've had lots of nice things said about me in this town and I've, and I've had lots of bad things said about me. Mm. So that my negatives are higher than the average church planter. So uh, you're not going to fast talk your way into getting people to attend your church. They just have to see who you are and, uh, and, and a friend telling them recommending it is uh, probably your best front door.
1: That's great for any product. Yeah. I mean, not that that's a product, but I mean, for any it,
0: it, yeah, if it's a that, restaurant or
1: a church or exactly,
0: you know. isn't that what these in, Instagram influencers or Facebook influencers yeah. or these these multi-million-dollar companies have figured out that the average eighteen-year-old would rather hear it from somebody who's kind of like them instead of Brad Pitt. Not that Brad Pitt pitching something doesn't work, but it's true. It it's it yeah. apparently it's apparently as meaningful anyway to have someone who's like them.
1: So did social media play a big role in, in the beginning and even today?
0: Well, it's free. (laughs) And, uh, for the most part, (laughs) so we've we've definitely used it, but you know, Brian, I've got some young people on my team that are so good at it, you know? So I haven't really, I just kind of let them do it and they've, they've tried to maximize it. I I don't know if you're aware of this guy called the guy with the sign on Instagram.
1: Oh, I've seen him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's got five and a half million followers on Instagram. So the, the, these young leaders that are with me decided that for the seven weeks leading up to Easter, we're going to do a guy with the sign, uh, campaign. Hmm. So we've done probably four posts. The first one, we got a a kid who goes to our place that uh, looks just like this guy. So he was standing on a corner with a sign that says, is it too early to do an Easter promo?
1: Oh, come on.
0: (laughs) And then the next one said, we won't make you feel guilty about the Easter bunny yeah and then we have one that says then we'll get into some different topics like stop one says stop painting jesus with blonde hair and blue eyes issues that secular people the silliness of religion you know and so we're just going to do that for six weeks and it's already gotten some traction because of the you know, the touch point with that, with that image of the guy with the sign on the corner. How
1: long did your, your guy stand out there with a sign? Just enough for the photo or did he actually stand there for a while? Just
0: enough for the photo.
1: Ah, chicken. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But he's going to do three or four, uh, three or four weeks of five, six weeks of it, you know?
1: So So our, our publisher, uh, Don quarter, um, wrote a blog. It's on church growth magazine. Uh, you can look it up and um, about a young lady, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit, who just recently, in the last, you know, half a year, um, asked another friend if she would be allowed to go to church because she has a past that's not exactly spot free. And then she had heard that you had to pay 10% to go to church. Uh and so she doesn't even have the 10% to pay to get into church. And she sure. actually thought that that was a requirement. So yeah. one, she was afraid she wouldn't be let in because of her past. The second part was she felt like she had to pay. She had heard from someone else that to get in, there was a door, a cover charge, right? This has just happened in the last six months. How, yeah. how do we fix that, that problem? That may be a tip of an iceberg, but you've got, you hear your Northwest, how do we fix that? How do you let people that have not, you know, you know s- spot-free pass, how do you get them to say, hey, come on in?
0: Yeah. What, we what, love a, great, you. what a great question. What a great article. I'm going to, I'm going to read that. I, I don't think that's an anomaly. That's sort of misunderstanding. That's kind of what I'm talking with beginner's eyes. To see the thing, something like what we, we call tithing, Right. That's insider talk. What's a tithe? Nobody, nobody outside this world talks about tithe. And it sounds like dues to people on the outside.
1: Which yeah, is correct. What,
0: how, how this girl is processing it. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a little bit like a subscription to, to Netflix or something right. else. Right?
1: That's the mentality. That's yeah, what people it's are thinking.
0: A, it's yeah. a subscription culture we're living in. So if to have beginner's eyes, we, we debrief experiences, letters, emails, and say, what part of this would a 25-year-old man who's never been to church understand? you got to strip it down. You don't have to lose all the religious language, but you have to explain it all. So every weekend you got to get up and say, we're gonna receive our tithes and offerings. The tithe, by the way, is a principle, and you know, and just walk through it with people. It's not a and I tell people every experience. If you're a guest here, don't, don't be a giver. This is really for people that already kind of get it. Don't and I, I, I just said last weekend nobody should ever give to a nonprofit. That they don't believe in and that they don't understand. So don't give here until you understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, and just let people off the hook. I, I just think that beginner's eyes thing, Brian, is so huge. And people think they go, yeah, yeah, you know, we got it. No, I mean, you probably don't got it. Because so I, the- I see so many churches in there, the product they're putting out. Yeah, let me give you a for instance. Sure, this this just drives me nuts. How many photos on Instagram where the people are standing there, hands raised, singing—apparently singing—but it looks like a cult. It looks like
1: to to beginners' eyes, exactly.
0: Yeah, to to with beginners' eyes, you say, "What is this ecstatic experience? Is it a concert?" is it like some bizarre uh, ceremony like in some of those Indiana Jones movies uh, you know what is the deal
1: yeah, so yeah
0: i'd say to our social media people both in this experience and the last no 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 worship pictures give me some happy people smiling and being nice to each other yeah, yeah you know every eighth photo you can but christians love to see worship love worship and they love to see right. people worshiping that picture evokes happy thoughts in people. So they want to put one up. And I'm like, no, we're not talking to those people.
1: But social media really and uh, is a funnel driver. So it, it typically would be the tool that you would use to drive people into the funnel so that they learn about the church and they come in and visit. And that so if, if hope, yeah if 80% of that audience is people who are not experienced with the church, then that makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. So you, 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 you've got this building, you're starting to grow, you've got social media and, um, apparently you, you, you've now outgrown your first church, your first building, and you've moved recently. So what's that experience like?
0: My real fear. Thankfully we had a, we had a, uh, you know a drop dead date where they were going to tear the building down <laughs> that's
1: that's interesting yeah
0: but because you know a lot of churches get st- that people some, someone once said years ago great man of faith i'm trying to remember was it hudson taylor or somebody said the human heart is an idol factory and i in Never has that been more true than in religious circles with buildings because no sooner had we been in that little teardown building for a month when people were saying, this is wonderful. We don't want to be here for a year. Let's just do, let's buy this. Even though it only sat a couple hundred people and, you know, by the end we were doing four experiences there, they would have never moved. Never because oh, the human heart just gets attached to its little place and lose. So, in a way, it was a blessing that we had to had to move, and we were just looking for a place. And there was another church that was available, and uh, a, a church had 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 a contraction and was quite quite a bit smaller than than it had been in the past, and needed to downsize. And we were we were available for. For that space, so.
1: that's awesome. Now, do you have a children's program? And tell me about the different programs at our church.
0: You know, I try, We try to do. Uh, this is another mistake, I think. Back to this whole idea of church startups trying to pretend that they're mega churches. So we have we have a children's pastor, and they, we do uh, what I'll call limited limited things with for kids lots of stuff on the weekends, but we don't offer a full menu. And we have a, a volunteer a youth pastor who does a monthly thing, but we don't have a lot of the busyness of uh, of some churches. I think, you know, it's very, our culture, as you know, Brian, your family, all the other if you want to have a life, I know you're a runner. If you want to do, you know, if you want to engage with human beings, you can't be over-programmed. And so we are trying to keep a, a, uh, a schedule that is reasonable to do and uh, for the staff and reasonable mm-hmm. for, the, for the congregant to uh, participate in.
1: So what's next for our church? Where Where do you see down the road? Where will you be a year from now, five years from now?
0: Well, um, we want to start other campuses ultimately. You know, t- I, I'm so convinced that, th- that with traffic issues the way they are in, in most metropolitan areas, that the whole thing of multi-site ha- hasn't even begun to get uh, scratched the surface on something like that. I don't think mega churches are the only places that uh, should do mega, uh, multi-site. I think if you can, if you can buy, uh, if you can buy a little microphone and have somebody strum a guitar, I think you should probably start a second site. So I expect that in the next couple of years, we'll start a second site and a third. And, uh, I have I I have no attachment that they all have to be running four thousand people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can get a couple hundred people here and a couple hundred people over there and you strain five two hundred person churches together and you've got a bunch of people. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. I, I we're really I'm trying very hard, Brian, to keep my beginners' eyes on this thing and just say, I'm not gonna prescribe some uh, external idea of what success is. I've kind of done all there is to do in the church world. I just want to do, I just want to get Jesus out there. I just want to talk about Jesus. I want people to find Jesus. I'm not on a public relations tour. I'm not on a, I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, you know, be on the cover of uh your magazine or somebody else's magazine. I just want to make a little Mm -hmm. dent in my community.
1: As we wrap up, you've called yourself a Jesus person before. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean to be a Jesus person?
0: Well, with, if you talk about beginner's eyes, again, the word Christian has all sorts of baggage to it. And it's really not a, you know, this was something I learned from, some mentors, some mutual friends that you and I have years ago that the word, I mean, in Bosnia, the word Christian means, you know, somebody that we were in a war with <laughs> in, yeah. uh, you know, in, in the Muslim world, it means Republican American. So the word Christian is used three times in the new Testament, but we, we, we've had it. We've, slap the name on a whole subculture of Christian music and Christian books and Christian TV and Christian radio. And, and it's not, not that it's bad, but for, for a beginner, I want to explain what it means to be a Christian, a Christ. Christ is at the, is at the core of that word, right? To, well, most people haven't accepted him as a Christ yet. So I talk about Jesus. Some people think Jesus was just a historical figure. Some people think he was a historical figure who was a prophetic, like the like a typical Muslim. I call him Christ. But um, I try to back it up when I'm talking and tell people, yeah, I follow Jesus.
1: It's awesome. So Pastor Dean Curry from Our Church in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, you can learn more about Our Church by visiting their website, ourchurch.us. And if you want to see the sign guy on Instagram.
0: Yeah, look, look us up.
1: Ourchurch253 is your Instagram handle. Yeah. And, and you
0: uh, feel the post. Feel free.
1: I'm actually looking at your Instagram right now. And uh, and uh, he's got a, like a beanie on and sunglasses. <laughs> and Yeah. He's holding a sign, isn't it too early for an Easter promo? That's awesome.
0: Yeah, well, I'm really proud
1: of it. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> it's good. Well, it's, it's been awesome, Dean, to talk with you today. Uh, thank you for visiting with us here at Church Growth Magazine.
0: Thank you for the friendship.
1: Always. Church Growth Magazine, dedicated to the tactics of church growth. And you can learn more about the magazine by visiting us at churchgrowthmagazine.com. And uh, we appreciate our subscribers here at the Church Growth Magazine podcast. And uh, if you're listening to us on Apple, please subscribe. We're also available on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever popular podcasts are given away for free. (laughs) So, uh, and I might add, uh, Dean has a podcast as well. You can learn more about it by going to ourchurch.us. So for Dean Curry, I'm Brian Boyd. Have a great day.